Good morning, New Mercy. Today's scripture comes from Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. This is the word of God. Morning, everybody. Uh, welcome to New Mercy Palisades. Um, and thank you, uh, Pastor Bob, for doing the uh, core values. Um, really, we love these values. We really think it's a good distillation of what the gospel message is and what the Bible teaches. Uh, and thank you, Praise Team. That was a fantastic worship today. Amen? Man, it, I mean, there's a boy band, essentially. Uh, I don't think the t-shirts helped because we're in the same t-shirts, but... Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think they, they have it in them without the sisters, but they really nailed it today, and I was so blessed um, by everything that they did for us, so praise God for that. Uh, anyway, good morning again. Happy New Year, uh, and welcome to our 2020 kickoff uh, service. Uh, I personally cannot believe we made it through 2019. If I'm being honest, uh, there were times I wasn't sure I was going to make it through the year. Uh, I mean, it, it was an incredible year, don't get me wrong, you know, especially at church. We really had some really awesome times, right? Uh, some amazing blessings and a, a lot of really wonderful new relationships. There's a lot of people who came to our church, but it was also a rough year. Uh, some of the valleys were actually, uh, you can talk to my wife, I, I talk to her about my valleys all the time. They were actually pretty hard. Uh, there were times I was really stressed out personally uh, and about the church. Uh, there were times this year that nothing seemed like it was going right. For a period of like three months, I'm like, our church is falling apart, right? Uh, and sometimes, I, I have to admit, I felt pretty lonely. Uh, but by the grace of God, he sustained me, uh, and he sustained us, right? We, we made it through, okay? And that's actually not something to, to rub our chins at. The fact that we're alive, right, the fact that we have this hope in Jesus, the fact that we have this community at all, all of that is actually a testament to God's grace. Without God's grace, we'd have none of this. If you sit down and think about it for a minute, that's actually true. I love how Dietrich Bonhoeffer puts it. He says, it is easily forgotten that the fellowship of Christian brethren is a gift of grace a gift of the kingdom of God that any day may be taken from us. Therefore, let him who until now has had the privilege of living a common Christian life with other Christians praise God's grace from the bottom of his heart. Let him thank God on his knees and declare, it is grace, nothing but grace, that we are allowed to live in community with Christian brethren and sisters, of course. This is back in the day. Brothers and sisters, I truly and genuinely thank God for this community. You know, I've had my ups and downs, just like I would have had at any other church, okay? But the blessings I've received here, okay, when I, when I sit down and think about them, the encounters I've actually had with God and the growth I've experienced here, the relationships that, that I've forged in and through this church, those things, when, when I sit down and pray and really think about them, they are an incalculable blessing and grace in my life. I don't know what I'd do without them. And because I love this community so much, one of the things I'm always so curious about is our future, right? 
What, what does God have in store for this community that I love so much? Right? How, how is he, how, how he going to shape it? And how is he going to move in this community? What, what's the Spirit going to do in us and through us in this upcoming year? And honestly, I'm, I'm always daydreaming about things like that. You guys probably daydream about other things, but this is what pastors daydream about. And a lot of the time, I genuinely get excited because I really believe that he has good things in store for us because he's our good father. Amen? Um, I say this every year, uh, but I, you know, I say this because it's true. The first Sunday each year is probably my favorite Sunday of the year. Favorite Sunday of the year. Every year I, I look forward to it with excitement because I just love the sense of hope and energy that comes with, this, with starting a, a fresh new year together. But what gets me even more excited is that we as a church, we get to embark on a new season together in 2020. Okay? If you think about it, this is a new year of discovering more of God's grace and God's plans for our church and for our, uh, for our lives. And that, for me, is really exciting. Really, really exciting. I hope it's exciting for you. So at the start of each year, what we do at New Mercy uh, at our kickoff service is we introduce a theme that we're going to focus on for the rest of the year. I mean, you know, we have our overall vision statement, right, which is a church for the broken, called to restoration, and we have our mission statement, which is, you know, discipling and mobilizing the church to be the salt and light of Jesus Christ, and just as you, you read, you heard, we have our core values. But what we, what we realized over the years uh, is that it's actually helpful to have a, a specific theme each year, uh, because what a theme does is, is it helps the church to focus on a certain aspect of the overall vision and mission and values, right? It, it gives us a specific area of our vision and missions that we, uh, we can work on that we feel God is actually telling us to focus on during the year. You know, this is a, a really exciting year for us as a church. Uh, last week, if you were here for our year-in-review presentation, we learned that we're officially going to be starting in a new denomination this month, okay? We've entered into the denomination named ECO, right? A Covenant Order of Evangelical Presbyterians. That's the name of the denomination. We actually finalized our membership just this past week, which means we're starting 2020 as a legit church. Not that we were illegitimate before, but legitimately in this denomination. We also saw that despite the fact that we were minimally resourced as a church, and despite the fact that we were in, tr in transition for all of 2019, we still grew significantly, okay? We also have amazing, an amazing relationship with the Palisades Park um, Board of Education. Uh, we've had a ton of new relationships and, and, and friendships that were forged in our church this past year, a ton of new births, like a lot of babies were born into our church, right? A lot of new people are getting involved in our church and, and serving, and we uh, we've got our final total uh, this past week. We blew past our budget by over $100,000 this past year, okay? So, oh, and also we, we gained a new pastor, Pastor Bob. <laughs> How can I forget that? That's probably the, that's probably the most important thing. So, given all of this momentum, it would be very easy to get ahead of ourselves, right? But what happened was, as the pastors and as the elders got together, you know, to pray and, and, and to seek God's guidance uh, for the upcoming year, 
all of us, right, all the pastors and elders, every single one of us really felt the Spirit telling us that this year needs to be a year where we focus on deepening our roots in God. Okay, we believe God's plan for us this year is to deepen our roots in Him. Because here's the skinny about the Christian faith. Those who run on excitement and enthusiasm but don't plant deep roots in God, they don't last. Thank you. Oh. Thank you very much. Jay's our worship coordinator. He always helps me with this stuff. Okay. It's a little bit better, I think. Okay. It works. Thank you. Um, so, I was talking about the skinny, right? Here's a, down, here's a lowdown in the Christian faith, right? Those who run on excitement and enthusiasm but don't plant deep roots in God, they don't last, right? When crap hits the fan, which it always does at one point in our lives, uh, and things get hard and the initial excitement evaporates, if you don't have deep roots in God, our faith and our church will wither, okay? I've seen it happen too often to count. If there's anything I've learned about the Christian walk, it's that enthusiasm is not faith. Let me say that again. Enthusiasm is not faith. As much as I, you know, I love people worshiping passionately, as much as I love the energy uh, and the excitement of people, you know, jumping up and down and lifting their arms or in Christian concerts, as much as I love the energy and the momentum in a church, all of that stuff never truly impresses me anymore. Okay, there, there's nothing wrong with it, right? For, for many, it, it is genuine. These expressions are genuine. But over the years, I've learned to put very little stock in enthusiasm because enthusiasm is not faith, okay? Anybody can be enthusiastic given the right circumstances and given you catch them in the right moment in time. But true faith has staying power despite the circumstances. True faith sustains through the dull, dark, and hard times, okay? And the only way faith can do that is when it is anchored and rooted in something far sturdier than our emotions and our enthusiasm. So, in chapter 10 uh, of the Gospel of Luke, there's a place where Jesus sends out 72 of His disciples to spread the gospel and to minister to people and to heal people. Well, when they come back uh, after they, they've done all that, to report to Jesus, you know, how they did, the text says that they returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Now, when you read that, right, what is that? What is that? You know, when the disciples say, yeah, demons are, you know, submitting to us in your name, Jesus, what is that? That's excitement, right? It's very clear from the text that these disciples are just beside themselves with excitement and, and enthusiasm because of these new things that they're able to do and these new experiences that they've just had. But you know how Jesus responds to them? He says this. He says, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. What's Jesus doing? He's reining in their excitement about what they just experienced and did, right? He's reining in that excitement. Now, why is He reining in that excitement? 
because they're placing their excitement in the wrong thing. See, Jesus knows that this kind of enthusiasm and excitement will not last. Enthusiasm based on stuff you do, the flashy things that you see and accomplish, that enthusiasm is thin and very short-lived. It's not wrong, okay, but it's just that it doesn't last. There will come a time when you will have to carry your cross, Okay, that's one of the primary aspects of the Christian life. There will come a time when you will have to carry a cross. And unless your enthusiasm is anchored in something more solid than the stuff that you've done or cool things that you've experienced, your joy and your enthusiasm will evaporate like it was never even there to begin with. Just like Jesus says in one of His parables, when the winds and the waves come, what you are anchored in will make all the difference. Matthew 7, 25, he says, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Notice Jesus doesn't say, if the winds and waves come, he assumes that they are coming. And if your roots, if the foundation of your faith is not anchored in something rock solid, it will fall. Okay? And that's why Jesus tells them to rejoice that their names are written in heaven. You know, more than cool experiences, more than the things that you do, Jesus is far, for, to Jesus, it's far more important that we anchor our identity in Him first. You know, cool experiences and what you do will not sustain you. They are shifting sand. You know, a lot of times... Pastors, this is one of the things that pastors struggle with, right? They, they preach a sermon, and people are like, oh, that's so great. I'm so blessed by it. And then next week, they preach a sermon, they don't hear anything, and they feel terrible about themselves, right? What you do doesn't last. It's a shifting sand, right? You will always feel like you haven't done enough. You will always wonder why the next cool experience isn't coming. But if you understand that your names are written in heaven, that truth will anchor you through anything, See, when Jesus says, rejoice that your names are written in heaven, he's not just saying that you should be happy because you're getting into heaven. That's not what he's saying. No, he's saying, your name is recorded in the eternal annals of the kingdom of God. Your name is your identity, and your identity is that you are a child of the king. And if your identity is anchored in that, and you let your identity fuel you let your identity fuel what you do, and then you let, your, and you let that identity be the lens through which you interpret what you experience, your faith will last. See, instead of saying things like, oh, you know, that happened to me because God hates me. Instead of saying that, if you know that you are already a beloved child of God, if you're anchored in that, what you'll say instead is, yeah, you know, this thing that I'm going through, it's hard but it can't be happening because He doesn't love me. You'll say that because you know that your identity, you know that He loves you. See, instead of letting your circumstances determine your identity, you're using your identity to power through the circumstances. By rooting your identity in God like that, knowing that your name is written in heaven, you will be able to persevere. If you let your experiences and what you do define your identity, 
you will always feel insecure. But if you let your secure identity in God define you, then what you do and what you experience and how you process what you experience will flow from that identity rather than define it. Okay, that's why Jesus tells them, don't rejoice that the demons submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. When our identity is rooted in that, that we have ironclad names declaring us to be the children of the God of the universe, that unshakable, unchanging identity is what will enable us to live faithfully and to serve the kingdom for the long haul with a joy that does not evaporate. Now, you know, this is not to say that experiences are unimportant. You know, the Bible says, taste and see that God is good, and that means you have to experience Him. He will interact with you in life. But here's the thing with the Christian faith. Experiences can only be appropriated fully and rightly when they are anchored in your identity in God. There are so many people who experience different things from God, but because their identity is not anchored in me, it doesn't have that impact that it should in their lives. Now, I want you to notice something, uh, and it's critical that you guys get this. Notice what Jesus, uh, notice Jesus doesn't tell them, or actually notice Jesus doesn't just tell them that their names are written in heaven. No, what He does is He tells them to what? To rejoice that their names are written in heaven. See, He's not telling them to passively receive the truth you know, your names are written in heaven. No, he's telling them to actively appropriate that truth into their lives by rejoicing in it. See, in the Bible, rejoicing, a lot of us have a misunderstanding of what rejoicing is. We think it's just something that happens to you. That's not what rejoicing is. In the Bible, rejoicing is a deliberate action resulting from contemplation. Let me say that again. Rejoicing is a deliberate action resulting from contemplation, okay? And when you think about it, that makes total sense. When do we rejoice as people? We rejoice when we use our minds to grasp and to understand that something is good, okay? You have to get that something is good in order to rejoice in it. And sometimes that's easy to do. Sometimes that's very easy to do, like when you accomplish something amazing or or someone you love says that they'll marry you. Right? Very, when you reflect on those things, it's easy to rejoice. But sometimes rejoicing is hard, right? You guys know this. And it requires discipline and effort, like when the Bible tells us to rejoice when we suffer because we know that it can grow our faith. That's not easy to do. But here's the thing. In either case, easy or hard, the fact of the matter is our minds have to grasp and understand it in order to rejoice in it. I mean, it'll happen. Sometimes it happens real quick, but your minds have to grasp and understand it in order to rejoice in it. You know, my telling you that your names are written in heaven, for a lot of you, that's not going to impact you. I heard that before. It's going to go in one ear at the other. You know, I was told many times in my life that God loves me. Many, many times. But for the longest time, it never moved me. It didn't do anything for me. The only time it started to move me, the only time I started rejoicing in that truth was when I really started to think about it and when I really started to get it. 
But here's the thing. Even after I started to understand that God loves me, even after years of reflecting on God's love for me, I was still barely scratching the surface. It took decades for me to, be, to even begin plumbing the depths of God's love for me. You know, really coming to understand why God loves me and how God loves me and the, the depths of His love for me, what He did because He loved me, right? What His love is calling me to do. All of that took spending deliberate time with Him. It took reflection and contemplation and effort and discipline. But the more I did that, with the help of the Holy Spirit, the more it brought me life and peace and joy. Rejoicing increased with deep reflection. What I'm trying to say is this. In order for me to truly rejoice in God's love, right, to truly rejoice that I'm a child of God, I had to sink my roots deeper and deeper into those truths Right? And as I sank my roots into those things by, by, by thinking about them, right? by praying about them, by singing about them, by reading about them, by risking believing in them and living my life by those truths, I began to see things and understand things and grasp things about them that made me feel more secure, that filled me with more life and more joy and more peace. See, in the Christian life, it's not enough just to hear something. It's not enough just to come Sunday and just, be like, well, just let it kind of pass over you. Hearing is important, but it's not until you sink your roots into what you've heard, deep roots, that it starts nourishing and sustaining and anchoring you like it should. When Jesus tells the disciples to rejoice that their names are written in heaven, this is what he's telling them to do. He's telling them to sink their roots into that truth that their names are written in heaven, to appropriate that truth. And as they sink their roots into that truth by rejoicing, they suck up the nourishment and they see and experience things about that truth that they never would have experienced otherwise. He knows that when they do that, that's when they'll experience real joy, a joy that lasts, a joy that sustains and nourishes and anchors. Let me read to you one of my favorite passages in the Bible. This comes from Ephesians. Paul writes this, and I pray that you, being rooted, okay, this is, this is imagery that happens in the Bible, the, the whole roots and plants thing, right? I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all of God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, uh, and to know that Know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Notice what he's saying is, yes, they've tasted God, but they need to sink their roots deeper to get to know that love of Christ even more. They don't fully know it yet. And he's saying, you got to sink your roots in. There's a fullness of the measure of God that, that you can only tap into if you're being rooted and established in Him. In order, to love, in order to know and understand the love that surpasses knowledge, to be filled to the measure of the fullness of God, your roots have to grow deep into those things, okay? And as you do that, okay, those deep roots will anchor your faith and they will draw from those truths and nourish you. 
So at the end of uh, 2019, uh, the pastors and elders, you know, we sat down and prayerfully uh, we reflected on this past year at New Mercy uh, and we took the spiritual temperature of the church, right? And one thing that really uh, stuck out to all of us, okay, literally every single one of us, one thing that really stuck out to all of us was that the people in this community, right, the people sitting in this room right now, you are not here to play games, okay? You are not here just to play church. You know, a lot of places I can tell, you know, people just kind of come here just because it's whatever. It's just kind of a routine in their lives. But we don't sense that from the people in this room, okay? Pastors, we have this thing. We can kind of tell if you're faking it, right? Look, you want the real thing. We feel that palpably in our church. You want real depth, okay? You genuinely want more of God in your life, and we sense that. We sense a deep and palpable hunger for God in this community, and so there is a genuine excitement and anticipation in the air for more of God in our church. Well, as I said in the intro, uh, as we prayed, we really felt God telling us what we need this year to satisfy that hunger in our community, Right? to nourish us and to give, us, uh, give longevity to our faith and, and to our church is we need to become more deeply rooted in Him. Okay, we, believe, we really believe that is what God is telling us to do at NMPC in 2020. In our theme, for, theme verse for 2020 is Colossians 2, 6 through 7, which reads, again, this is Paul, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And so what we're going to do this year, right, is we're going to spend the year deepening our roots into God's Word and truth. We're going to spend this year deepening our roots into the Spirit and in this community, We're going to spend this year deepening our connection with God through prayer and so on. Now, someone's like, that's what churches should always be doing. You just described church there, general church, right? Well, yes, that's true. But unfortunately, uh, churches get complacent. A lot of churches get complacent and they coast. We're not going to do that in 2020, okay? We're going to dig deep this year. Because that's what we need, especially, okay, in this season where we have a lot of excitement and we're starting fresh. Too many churches ride that wave of excitement without planting roots, and it doesn't last. The other thing we also believe, and this is important, is we also believe that God is calling us to deepen our roots in the surrounding community as well. Again, this lines up with one of our core values, right? Whenever the people of God go deep into God, it's never only for themselves, right? Going deeper into God always results in what? In the edification and renewal of our neighbors as well. If you don't see that happening in your your life, if you're just kind of going deep into God and you don't see that overflowing into the people around you, then your roots really aren't going deep into God. So... um, we have some fun stuff for you guys. If you notice, we have a, a logo uh, to remind us of our theme this year. Now, we received a lot of feedback about that down arrow because people said, isn't hell <laughs> down? 
uh, and I correct their theology. Actually, that's not true. Heaven is not up. Hell is not down. They're in a different dimension altogether, right? It's, it should be universal arrows going out in a circle or something, right? The arrow, what that arrow does, I mean, you guys get it. You guys are smart. That arrow represents a, a root. It's an abstract way of representing a root going deep, okay, going deeper, breaking through the soil, which is the horizontal line, right, and going deep into God. Okay, down is not always bad. Okay, sometimes you have to go down deep in order to go up further, right? You guys see those massive trees in California, right? You ever look at the, if you, if you kind of do sonogram or what, I don't know what they do, they, they, they look at the roots, the roots go deep, and they go wide in order for it to go up, okay? So that's the logo, okay? And uh, we don't just have a logo. What we've done is we've... Uh, made a bunch of digital wallpapers. And by the way, we have, we've, uh, we have a professional uh, graphic designer now, so they helped us with these things. Uh, these wallpapers we have for computers uh, and, for, and for your phones. Uh, it's going to be up on our website after the service today. Uh, so we have a few of them. If you can go, yeah, that's another one. That's one of my favorites. Uh, that's a cool one, too. Uh, I like that one. That's fun. Okay. And then, so these are, I guess we can go back to that one. Uh, go back, go back. Go back. Okay. So the, okay, there we go. These are uh, for your phones. These are just samples. There's a whole bunch of other ones, right? And what you can do is you can just go there, download it, and just set it as your uh, screensaver or your, your, your background screen. Okay. We also have what's called the Chloe Kim Signature Collection. Okay. If we go next. So the, she took this picture. She's uh, the keyboardist in our church, right? The wife of Jay, who's one of the elders in our church. She's a, a, a gifted photographer, and I asked her, I said, hey, you want to contribute to this? We'll make a signature collection of your work. And uh, so she went through her kind of archives and found a few that she thought might work for us. So this is one of them. Next slide. And so these are a couple of pic, uh, the uh, phone ones from her uh, for the Chloe Kim signature collection. So you can see those on our, at our website. We also have stickers. Okay, uh, we made a bunch of stickers. We have a hundred of each of these, right? And so you guys can pick them up and stick them on your skateboards uh, and, and your Bibles and uh, your laptops. Uh, they're a little bit too big for your phones, but uh, so we have those stickers. Uh, we have Pastor Bob's computer there. See, he, he put the background and he put the sticker on the, on the bottom. Um, Having this stuff, let me just share why we're doing this, okay? You're like, oh, this is so, so silly, right? Having this stuff, look, we understand. Having this stuff is not going to do anything, okay? These, this stuff is just whatever, right? It's what they're pointing to that matters. And the reason why we have these is to kind of always put, remind, to, to give us reminders of what the theme is this year, to, to, to nudge you, uh, you know, throughout the year, because oftentimes we forget, we forget, you know, like last year, halfway through the year, some people were like, what's our theme for this year? Okay, well, with all this stuff, you're not going to forget. Okay, we also have shirts. Uh, these shirts that we, we made where it looks like our church is a cult because we have so many of them wearing them. Uh, they will be going on sale uh, at, at our website. Uh, and uh, the profits made from these shirts will go toward helping the Palisades Park school district. Uh, I don't know if you know, there was a referendum that they wanted the town to vote on 
Uh, they needed to do like 30 million plus worth of renovations in these schools. Some schools are, I mean, the elementary school literally is falling apart, uh, but the referendum got shot down, which was very disappointing to the town. Uh, and obviously, we don't have millions of dollars, but we actually, we're going to be sitting with the superintendent tomorrow, uh, and we asked him, hey, give us some things that we can contribute toward that are a little bit high urgency. Uh, and so that's where the money is going to go toward. And we're going to do more fundraisers throughout the year to try to help uh, the school district. So this is another way to kind of deepening our roots in, into this community. Okay, so we are going to start the year off with an initiative, okay? We're going to start off with what we're calling 21 Days of Prayer. Uh, because prayer is the primary way of rooting yourself in God. There's no other way besides that, pretty much. Okay? You have to root, you have to start with prayer. And so what we did was we printed these booklets. Uh, we know that if we say go online, look at the PDF, none of you guys are going to do that. Okay? So we printed tangible booklets for each of you. And so when you leave, please take it. And it's very simple. For 21 days, it's like a page, very short. You can literally do it in like three minutes, right? Or you can do it longer, you know, depending on how you want to do it. But we just asked you guys as a community, hey, let's join in this together. Let's start the year off in prayer. Let's, let's start planning our roots in God through prayer as a community together. Okay? And let's see where that takes us. Let, as we sow those seeds together at the beginning of the year, we pray that it'll bear fruit uh, as the year goes on, okay? So make sure you guys uh, pick up one of those. And on social media, if you don't follow us on Instagram, we're going to have little kind of nudges and, and kind of uh, little posts about uh, the prayer initiative as well. Okay, so um, we're going to go into communion right now. We want to start off the year with communion. Uh, and if you see, you know, that's the body and blood of Christ, right? Uh, it's when we... Uh, root ourselves in this, right? When we root ourselves in the body and the blood of Christ, not only through contemplation, but the reason why sometimes we do tangible things is we're embodied beings, right? There's other ways of rooting God beyond just contemplation. I know I talked about the kind of intellectual aspect today and using your minds, but there's ways of doing it through your body, through actions to deepen your roots and stuff. And one of the primary ways is through communion, through the Lord's Supper. So that's what we're going to do right now together as a community. So will you guys pray with me?